Good morning, everyone. It's time for another edition of Transformation Radio. I look up to the mountains. Does my strength come from the mountains? No. My strength comes from God. Who made heaven and earth and the mountains? Despair holds me 
And now as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative today comes from the book of Mark, chapter 14, verses 22 through 52. Here is a brief overview to shed some light and understanding on what we'll be reading in Scripture today. Mark records the origin of the Last Supper, which is still celebrated in worship services today. Jesus and his disciples ate a meal, sang psalms, read Scripture, and prayed. Then Jesus took two traditional parts of the Passover meal, the passing of the bread and the drinking of the wine, and gave them new meaning as representations of his body and blood. He used the bread and wine to explain the significance of what he was about to do on the cross. Now the Last Supper is remembered by different terms. Each name believers use for this sacrament brings out a different dimension to it. It is the Lord's Supper because it commemorates the Passover meal that Jesus ate with his disciples. It is the Eucharist, that is Thanksgiving, because in it we thank God for Christ's work for us. It is communion, because through it we commune with God and with other believers. As we eat the bread and drink the wine, we should be quietly reflective as we recall Jesus' death and his promise to come again, and grateful for God's wonderful gift to us, and joyful as we meet with Christ and the body of believers. Uh, whatever name your church uses for this event, you know, communion, the Lord's Supper, Eucharist, and on whatever schedule you celebrate it, the importance is that through celebrating communion together, believers experience the presence of Christ. The celebration of communion, number one, humbles us before God. We confess our sin and restate our need for Christ to guide us. And number two, reminds us that we're forgiven. We remember that His shed blood paid the price. And number three, expresses our oneness in Christ. We're unified in our faith. And number four, the communion encourages us to recommit. We are reminded to pledge ourselves to serve Him who died for us. Now Jesus' death for us on the cross seals a new covenant between God and us. The old covenant involved forgiveness of sins through the blood of an animal sacrifice. But instead of a spotless lamb on the altar, Jesus offered himself the spotless lamb of God as a sacrifice that would forgive sin once and for all. Jesus was the final sacrifice for sins, and his blood sealed the new covenant between God and us. Now all of us can come to God through Jesus in full confidence that God will hear us and save us from our sins. We'll also read here today in the New Testament that this was the second time in the same evening that Jesus predicted the disciples' denial and desertion, which probably explains their strong reaction. Now, Peter was so emphatic. It's easy to say we're devoted to Christ, but our claims are meaningful only when they're tested in the crucible of persecution. So how strong is your faith? Is it strong enough to stand up under intense trial? We need the Holy Spirit, not boastfulness and human resolve. We must never discount our vulnerability to pride, greed, or even indifference. And with that, let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. March 9th, the New Testament, Mark chapter 14, verses 22 through 52. As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take, eat, for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them, and they all drank from it. 
And he said to them, This is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice for many. I tell you the truth, I will not drink wine again until the day I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Then they sang a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olives. On the way Jesus told them, All of you will desert me, for the scriptures say, God will strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. Peter said to him, Even if everyone else deserts you, I never will. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter, this very night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny three times that you even know me. No, Peter declared emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the others vowed the same. They went to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and Jesus said, Sit here while I go and pray. He took Peter, James, and John with him, and he became deeply troubled and distressed. He told them, My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little farther and fell to the ground. He prayed that, if it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned and found the disciples asleep. He said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them again and prayed the same prayer as before. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping, for they couldn't keep their eyes open, and they didn't know what to say. When he returned to them the third time, he said, Go ahead and sleep. Have your rest. But no, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. And immediately, even as Jesus said this, Judas, one of the twelve disciples, arrived with a crowd of men armed with swords and clubs. They had been sent by the leading priests, the teachers of religious law, and the elders. The traitor Judas had given them a prearranged signal. You will know which one to arrest when I greet him with a kiss. Then you can take him away under guard. As soon as they arrived, Judas walked up to Jesus. Rabbi, he exclaimed, and gave him the kiss. Then the others grabbed Jesus and arrested him. But one of the men with Jesus pulled out his sword and struck the high priest's slave, slashing off his ear. Jesus asked them, Am I some dangerous revolutionary that you come with swords and clubs to arrest me? Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there among you teaching every day. But these things are happening to fulfill what the scriptures say about me. Then all his disciples deserted him and ran away. One young man following behind was clothed only in a long linen shirt. When the mob tried to grab him, he slipped out of his shirt and ran away naked. Psalm 52, verses 1 through 9. This psalm was written about Doeg the Edomite, 
who had betrayed Ahimelech and David and then killed God's priests. Doeg thought he was a great warrior, even boasting about his deed. In reality, his deed was evil, an offense to God. You know, it's easy to mistake so-called accomplishment for goodness. Just because something is done well or thoroughly doesn't mean it's good. For example, someone may be a great gambler or even a skillful liar. Measure all you do by the rule of God's Word, not by how proficiently you do it. With God by his side, David compared himself to an olive tree thriving in the house of God. Not only is an olive tree a thriving tree, it is one of the longest living trees as well. David was contrasting God's eternal protection of his faithful servants with the sudden destruction of the wicked. Psalm 52, verses 1 through 9. For the choir director, a psalm of David, regarding the time Doeg the Edomite said to Saul, David has gone to see Ahimelech. Why do you boast about your crimes, great warrior? Don't you realize God's justice continues forever? All day long, you plot destruction. Your tongue cuts like a sharp razor. You're an expert at telling lies. You love evil more than good and lies more than truth. Interlude You love to destroy others with your words. You liar, but God will strike you down once and for all. He will pull you from your home and uproot you from the land of the living. Interlude The righteous will see it and be amazed. They will laugh and say, Look what happens to mighty warriors who do not trust in God. They trust their wealth instead and grow more and more bold in their wickedness. But I am like an olive tree thriving in the house of God. I will always trust in God's unfailing love. I will praise you forever, O God, for what you have done. I will trust in your good name, in the presence of your faithful people. Proverbs chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. The Lord detests the use of dishonest scales, but He delights in accurate weights. Pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Honesty guides good people. Dishonesty destroys treacherous people. This is Today, a daily devotional to refresh, refocus, renew. This is Today for Saturday, April 13. Teach and admonish in wisdom. From Colossians 3. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. Have you ever had a dear friend correct you? Even a gentle rebuke can be hard to hear, even when it's given in a context of love. No one likes to have their faults pointed out and their rough edges scraped off. We don't want to believe that our words or our actions could hurt someone else. Yet it is a mark of Christ's community that we teach and admonish. We should not be shy about sharing God's love and advice with one another. We need to care enough to confront bad behavior and be willing to receive correction ourselves. When we correct, we need to be certain that love drives us to speak the truth. A mentor once told us that confrontation in relationship is healing, but confrontation outside relationship is condemnation. Speaking the truth can be hateful, 
whether it's behind-the-back gossip or in-your-face humiliation. Admonishment should happen in love, relationship, and prayer. When we are corrected, we need a teachable spirit that marks a disciple of Christ. We should let the Word of God dwell richly in us. This is not an occasional casual visit with the Bible, but a call to have God's Word at home within you. Are you ready to be taught or corrected? Hey, good morning, guys. It's it's Abe May. Um, I'm going back to third phase today, and I've been asked to give my testimony. Um, so um, I'm thinking about what to say, and and really, what I what I want to say to everybody is the the last two weeks that I've spent in Benton County have um, helped me understand what it's like when God reveals himself to you and it might not be in a sense or a way that you're looking for or you're expecting but it is real and it happens and to just keep an open mind to it and just do the next right thing because it it, it pays off and um, I just want to give encouragement to any of the guys struggling right now whether it be from first phase to third phase um you know, it, it, it doesn't get e- it doesn't always get easier as you go through the process here. And, um, you know, I just pray that that he keeps everybody where they they have that peace and that understanding and that will to do God's will. And also um, just to just to to have everybody crave that presence. Um, in the past week, I've had revelation come that that is that is it neither unexplainable or undeniable and it it's a great feeling and i just pray that he keeps me right here and keeps me focused on what i need to do and just places my foot in in, in the next right steps and going forward towards him and not backwards and just be with um everyone and their families and uh i love you guys and i'll see you soon thanks yeah, guys, uh, this is uh, Chuck Bowman. I just want to give an affirmation to Dave Finnegar. Uh, I love you, man. I tell you what, anything I've ever needed, you could talk to you about anything. You're like the, the dad I never had. I just love you, man. Uh, anybody could come to talk to you. Almost everybody came to talk to you. And uh, I know when I first came in, I was sick. I didn't feel good. I was hurting. I didn't know if this is where I needed to be or not, and uh, you just, you helped me so much. You took me in, you talked to me, you, uh, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you, and uh, I thank you so much. And uh, Brother Mike, Michael, Saba, man, you can tell your heart's into this. Everybody down there at the farm just loves you, man. Uh, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you either. Anytime I needed anything, you prayed with me. It's just, it's a real blessing. You can tell your heart's really into this, man. I love you so much, brother. Just uh, keep doing what you're doing. Because God's got you here for a reason. And it's a blessing to have you down there with all the first phasers. And uh, we couldn't do it without you, man. I just love you guys. Thank you.
This concludes today's broadcast. I pray that everyone who tuned in today was blessed by what they heard, and I hope you all have a wonderful day.